And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Bring spring color inside this season with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon Jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. O-Z-Y. Ozzy. Ozzy Media Productions. You know, we just had the revolutionary idea of working for a magazine we read. The dream was relatively small. I just wanted to do a magazine that I believed in and that would be successful enough so I could keep doing it. And what came afterward, I could not have imagined. That is what I would like to accomplish. I would like to be a good actress. 19-year-old Norma Jean Doherty drove her Ford Coupe from Los Angeles to Las Vegas, Nevada in the summer of 1946. She went to obtain a divorce from her first husband. He didn't support her career, and she had no chance of making it in Hollywood as a married starlet. Six weeks later, with a quickie Nevada divorce in hand, she was a free woman. Norma Jean became Hollywood's Marilyn Monroe, and years later, she returned to Nevada to star in a movie called The Misfits. It was the last picture she completed before her death. She played a woman who, like her younger self, comes to Nevada for a divorce. Well, cheer up. I will. I just hate to fight with anybody. When you win, you lose. You know, when you're hard. The Misfits was set against the backdrop of what some historians call the golden age of divorce. And the center of that golden age was the state of Nevada. Well, here's to Nevada, the Leave It State. The what state? The Leave It State. You got money you want to gamble? Leave it here. You got a wife you want to get rid of? Get rid of her here. Extra atom bomb you don't need? Blow it up here. Nobody's going to mind in the slightest. Marilyn Monroe was just one of thousands of women who traveled to the Leave It State to take advantage of its liberal divorce laws between 1930 and 1970. 
Without that Nevada divorce, Monroe might never have become a star. Many who came to Nevada, like Monroe, obtained more than just a decree from the courthouse. They won something far more valuable, their freedom. Nevada, Nevada. silver and sagebrush, Nevada. Nevada. And gold rush. I'm Sean Braswell, and this is The Thread. This season on The Thread, we are traveling through history again turning the clock back one story at a time to reveal the surprising series of events behind a modern icon, the feminist writer and activist Gloria Steinem. If you're joining us for the first time, we encourage you to go back and listen to episode one. So far, our journey has taken us through the lives of three American legends. We've been to the Playboy Club in New York City, where Gloria Steinem's stint as an undercover bunny helped ignite her career as a leader in the women's movement. We peeked behind the walls of Playboy founder Hugh Hefner's mansion in Empire to learn how he got his start. And we ran with the wolves in Hollywood, alongside the unforgettable woman whose nude photograph helped launch Playboy, Marilyn Monroe. Today, we hear about the place that set Monroe on her path to stardom. It is said that one out of every five or six marriages in the United States ends in divorce. And the mecca of the disillusioned bride is Reno, the gay little metropolis of Nevada. In the 1920s and 30s, Reno, Nevada became known as the divorce capital of the world. The immortal wedding marches of Wagner and Mendelssohn become sadly distorted here in the hearts of the countless brides who come and go. Freed of their marital obligations, but completely disillusioned in their dreams of conjugal felicity. Why did so many people come to Reno for a divorce? Well, for starters, it was not that easy to end a marriage in most other states at the time. There were long waiting periods and very few grounds for divorce. If you wanted a divorce in New York, for example, you had to prove that your spouse had committed adultery, which usually meant hiring a private investigator. The migratory divorce trade, or people traveling to get a divorce, arose to give divorce seekers an easier path. But the shift to easier divorces was prompted by more than restrictive laws. There was a lot of change going on in society. This is Mella Harmon, an expert on Nevada divorce and a former curator of history at the Nevada Historical Society. Families were undergoing change. There was talk about birth control, uh, women's suffrage, uh, all sorts of uh, changes in society. Uh, but by the 20th century, things were really changing, and it just happened to land on Nevada's doorstep. It helped that Nevada put out a big welcome mat, one that at first was not designed with divorce seekers in mind. The period of time required to become a bona fide citizen, uh, which meant you could file a lawsuit, which a divorce is, was six months, which was relatively short. And the reason it was short was Nevada was this little tiny state. It didn't have a whole lot going on. It was trying to attract a population. The state attracted not only new residents, but also wealthy outsiders who wanted a more convenient end to their inconvenient marriages. And what really put Reno on the divorce map was a single unhappy couple, a very rich and well-known one. In 1905, the wife of William Corey, who was the president of United States Steel Corporation, which would sort of be the equivalent of somebody like Bill Gates, uh, his wife came here and divorced him. She claimed that Corey had deserted her for a showgirl. And that one really hit the newspapers. And all of a sudden, people are going, what, Reno? What is this all about? 
And by 1909, a national magazine declared Reno the new divorce headquarters of the United States. Nevada's new cottage industry was now open for business. This was an economic boon for Nevada, which had very little in the way of industry. Its main economic uh, drivers were agriculture and mining, which were boom and bust industries. Then other states like Idaho and Arkansas liberalized their divorce laws. And soon Nevada was losing business. And then things went from bad to worse with the Great Depression. So leaders in Nevada took some bold action. The state legislature legalized gambling in 1931. It also lowered the residency requirement for getting a divorce in the state to just six weeks, by far the shortest in the nation. No other state in the United States was willing to go that far to remain competitive. Nevada also tried to make divorce as painless as possible. The new law ensured that divorce complaints could be done in general terms, without the petitioner having to air any detailed or potentially embarrassing grievances. All proceedings took place behind closed doors, and all records were sealed. Nine legal grounds for divorce were recognized. They included impotency, adultery, desertion, neglect, habitual drunkenness, and mental cruelty. Mella Harmon again. So it was a pretty wide array of possibilities. So if you couldn't fit your issue into one of those, uh, you probably didn't deserve a divorce. The most popular ground was mental cruelty, which could cover a host of things. Harmon came across one woman who sought a divorce because her husband criticized her driving too much. Thanks to such leniency, however, Nevada was back in business. Oh, well, I guess divorce ain't much more than a matter of traveling. You check out of the state of matrimony and land in the state of Nevada. That's a taxi driver welcoming a divorce seeker in the 1938 film Charlie Chan in Reno. People poured into the city after the law was enacted. Some were forced to camp on the city's riverbanks. Reno would become home to more than 100 divorce lawyers and rake in millions of dollars per year. And by gosh, it's the one business that even the Depression don't hit. Now you take wheat, for instance, or cotton. How much farther to the hotel? Oh, you're in a hurry, are you? <laughs> don't matter how soon I get you there, lady, it still takes six weeks. Well, the people who came to Nevada for a divorce were about as diverse a lot as you could imagine, from the very poor to the very, very ultra-rich, and everything in between. Most divorce seekers were women, and most arrived in Reno by train. The Transcontinental Railroad went right through the city. The journey itself was a life-changing experience for many. Mella Harmon. I mean, you can imagine someone coming from, say, the East Coast, uh, who'd never been to the West, couldn't imagine the vastness of nothingness that exists. It must have been quite a shock to the system. Locals called the train the Divorce Special. It arrived at Reno's Little Yellow Station. The divorce seekers were often met by their Reno lawyers. This is Sandra McGee, co-author of The Divorce Seekers. And for six weeks, these people spent their money in Reno. They spent it on accommodations on food, on hairdressers, laundry, taxis. Many of them bought Western wear, which they probably never wore once they went home. And of course, they also drank and gambled. Quite a lot could happen in six weeks. And Nevada made sure that those undergoing what came to be known as a renovation had no shortage of options for passing the time. Yes, sir, it's the biggest little city in the world. And by gosh, it's the liveliest. 
I guess these divorcees figure that as long as they're changing partners, <laughs> they might just as well dance. Well, they didn't actually have much choice. Nevada law demanded that divorce seekers wait out the entire six-week period in the state. So now Reno had all these temporary residents in town who needed a place to stay. The locals were more than willing to accommodate. Again, Mella Harmon. People would do all sorts of things like turn their homes into boarding houses. There were instances where people would rent out bedrooms in their private homes, you know, move the kid onto the couch while someone was living in their bedroom. But for those with a little more money to spend and a hankering to try the true Western lifestyle, the destination of choice was the Dude Ranch, or Divorce Ranch, as they soon became known. Divorce ranches came in all sizes. The more expensive ranches, like the Flying M.E. Ranch outside of Reno, offered large, comfortable guest rooms in a modern ranch house. The divorce ranches were very interesting because, obviously, being a ranch and being in a remote area, there were lots of interesting outdoor things for people to do. Many of them had swimming pools. Um, Most of them had a resident cowboy or two or three who would be more or less responsible for entertaining the divorce seekers staying there. Uh, They'd organize um, horseback riding trips, fishing trips, uh, excursions into town for shopping. There was always a cocktail hour every evening. And what went on after that, I, I can only imagine. I'm Bill McGee, famous cowboy from Montana. <laughs> I'm only joking a little bit here. But I spent a lot of time with the various guests at the Flying M.E. And... Uh, Loved a lot of them. Bill McGee co-wrote the book The Divorce Seekers with his wife, Sandra, who you heard earlier. McGee is now in his 90s and possibly the last living Nevada dude wrangler. He came to Reno and the Flying M.E. Ranch during the 1940s. A lot of guys that were very good cowboys grew up on a ranch and knew all about ranching and, and horses and cattle. They could not cut it as a as a dude wrangler because with a dude wrangler you had to have all those cowboy skills, but you also had to have the skills with people. Dude wranglers were part ambassador, part tour guide, part riding instructor, part therapist, and sometimes part Casanova. Six weeks in a strange new place with its hunky help was a period of liberation and exploration for many of the female divorce seekers who came to Reno and its ranches. One of them was the Lazy Me Ranch. Its nickname was Lay Me Easy for the devoted services of its staff. That's one reason Dude Wrangler was considered the best job in Reno, something that Bill McGee found out on his very first night at the Flying M.E. Ranch. The first damn night I'm there, I, I, I'd taken this lady for a ride up the little valley. She was nice. She was an attorney, actually, from New York City. And I didn't think anything of it. The Flying Emmy's longtime owner, Emmy Wood, discouraged cowboys from fraternizing with guests. But later that night after dinner, when I'm over in my bunkhouse getting ready to go to bed, this lady knocks on the door. And it was sort of like, uh, what am I going to do now? Am I going to tell her she can't come in because Emmy's got a rule? Hell no. The amorous encounter would not be McGee's last. 
It happened with quite a, quite a frequency. Part of my job was taking them into Carson City or up to Virginia City or somewhere to drink after dinner at night. And that was a part of my job. I got to know all these ladies. Uh, it's part of my job. Thanks to folks like Bill and diversions like riding, dancing, gambling, and sightseeing, most of the women found it easy to forget their troubles in Reno. But of course, each divorce seeker's stay always came to an end at the same place. The Washoe County Courthouse became known as the House of Divide for obvious reasons. The divorce seekers were required to appear in court at the end of their six-week waiting period. You didn't have to prove anything. Uh, you just told your story, and then you'd get your decree, and typically it was over within five minutes. Each divorcee also had to promise the court that they intended to live in Nevada for the foreseeable future. Nobody, including the judge, really expected them to do so. Most took the first train out of town. But some, some had other business at the courthouse. This is Sandra McGee again. In fact, it wasn't at all unusual for a woman mostly a woman or a man, to get divorced, walk out into the courtroom hall, walk down a few steps to another courtroom, and get married, all within an hour. Many divorce seekers who got remarried in Reno brought their new spouse with them. They were called spares. But Reno was not just a place to swap one spouse for another, or to kick off your boots and have fun. So yes, some of the divorces in Reno were frivolous, but on the serious side... The liberalization of divorce laws has impacted the way that uh, women and men divorce today. Nevada made divorce easier to get, which was important for women because before then, women were sometimes referred to as chattels, as property of their husbands. Consequently, women had very little say in getting out of a bad marriage. Mella Harmon says Reno helped many of its female visitors start a new chapter in life. Reno's open attitude towards divorce served to empower women by giving them freedom from bad marriages. It also gave them a sense of self-sufficiency. And if you could come to Reno and survive and support yourself, you could do it back home as well. Reno launched Nevada as a divorce mecca during the 1930s and 40s. But it was just the opening act for what would prove to be a much bigger draw in the state. Las Vegas, the desert town where Marilyn Monroe obtained the divorce she needed to pursue her film career. Monroe and thousands of other women might never have descended on the divorce courts of Vegas if it wasn't for another movie star, one just as famous as Monroe. Up next, we learn more about the high-profile divorce that kick-started the Vegas divorce business and helped launch the fabulous Las Vegas we know today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, 
even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. The bright lights of the world's greatest gambling city, Las Vegas. The city in the desert. The city that never sleeps. It's hard to believe now, but Las Vegas wasn't always the destination of choice in Nevada. Mella Harmon again. Well, Reno was the largest city in Nevada for many years. Uh, Las Vegas was a tiny stop on a railroad and had nothing really, it was just a small town. Las Vegas was hit particularly hard by the Depression. The building of the Hoover Dam in the 1930s helped. It brought millions of dollars and thousands of workers to the area. But once those dam workers left, the town fell on hard times again. Legalized gambling had not taken off yet, and it was hard to get tourists to come out to the middle of nowhere to enjoy the desert town's two blocks of nightlife. But local leaders were determined to turn Vegas's fortunes around, and the divorce business seemed the best bet. Las Vegas was very interested in um, their economy, and the divorce, they could see, obviously, that it was lucrative for Reno. They just couldn't figure out how to get things started. Everything changed, however, when in 1939, Rhea Langham Gable chose to go to Las Vegas to divorce her movie star husband, Clark Gable. Clark Gable. The 38-year-old actor was one of the most recognizable men on the planet. He was the king of Hollywood. He was also a terrible husband. Clark Gable's second marriage was very tumultuous. This is Anne Helen Peterson, a senior culture writer for BuzzFeed and the author of Scandals of Classic Hollywood. They fought a ton and uh, fought publicly, and he cheated on her like crazy, so that probably had something to do with it. Clark Gable had married Rhea Langham, a wealthy Texas divorcee, before he was famous. They were an odd match. She was 17 years his senior and a homely socialite next to her dashing husband. By 1936, the still-married Gable started seeing his next wife, the famous actress Carol Lombard. One night at a party in Hollywood, Gable and Lombard ran into his wife Rhea. Hey, Lombard quipped as they passed her by, doesn't that old bag belong to you? Yeah, Gable responded, and from the look in those eyes, I figure that her asking price for a divorce just went up by a hundred grand. Gable was probably right. Rhea was not about to grant him his freedom for nothing. 
And so it took the salary that Gable received for Gone with the Wind to be able to finally uh, offer a settlement to his second wife that would satisfy her and uh, force her to grant the divorce. Rhea Gable packed her bags for Nevada to get a quickie divorce. And Clark Gable began filming Gone with the Wind, a movie in which the subject of divorce often comes up. Scarlett, I've been thinking things over, and I really believe it would be better for both of us if we admitted we'd made a mistake and got a divorce. A divorce? Yes. There's no point in our holding on to each other, is there? Nevada was no stranger to divorcing celebrities. But lots of, there were lots of celebrities who came to Reno for divorces. Some of them came for multiple divorces. Mella Harmon again. Franklin Roosevelt's sons came to Reno for a divorce. Rita Hayworth, who had a very famous divorce there. Um, Maureen O'Hara, Mary Pickford, William Powell, Rudy Valley, Lana Turner. I mean, the, the list is probably endless. The steady stream of celebrity visitors brought with them flocks of reporters. So there was always a keen interest in who was coming to Reno. And in fact, Reno had uh, press offices from many, many uh, newspapers across the United States. The New York Times, for example, uh, had an office in Reno. Ranch owners tried to shield their celebrity guests from unwanted publicity, but few divorces remained secret from the press's prying eyes. Now the Gables? The Gables were really famous, which is why Rhea planned to keep a low profile in the lesser-known divorce hub of Las Vegas. So she went to Las Vegas, and her lawyer uh, leaked her presence to the, to the Las Vegas Chamber of Commerce and the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Sandra McGee again. Rhea wasn't very happy about that. She wanted to have a very uh, quiet six weeks in Las Vegas, so a deal was struck. Las Vegas leaders were desperate to promote the city's divorce trade, so they came to an arrangement with Rhea Langham Gable. They would keep the reason for her Las Vegas visit out of the news until she left. In return? Rhea agreed to let the press follow her around and photograph her having fun on Lake Mead, boating, fishing, gambling and uh, at the Apache Club. After the Gables' divorce was finalized, the Las Vegas papers released the story nationwide. That was sort of the first high-profile divorce for Las Vegas. And from there, of course, they built on that. Las Vegas granted more divorces the following year than it ever had before. And pretty soon, people were running, you might say, to Las Vegas to get a divorce because everyone wanted to get a divorce where the Gables had gotten theirs. So the story goes. The Las Vegas divorce trade expanded throughout the 1940s. It caught up to Reno and then became the divorce destination of choice, especially for residents of Southern California including Hollywood celebrities. Mella Harmon. Las Vegas was a lot closer to Los Angeles than was Reno. So when Las Vegas became uh, sort of on everybody's radar as a divorce center, uh, it was obviously better for people in Hollywood. And so, seven years after Clark Gable's divorce put Las Vegas on the map, a 19-year-old Marilyn Monroe turned up there to divorce her first husband in the hopes of becoming an actress. And once Monroe's acting career takes off, her stardom and her nude body will help launch Hugh Hefner's Playboy Empire, which will in turn open the eyes of a young reporter named Gloria Steinem. Could Monroe have gone to Reno or somewhere else for that divorce? Sure, but she didn't. 
Hence, our thread runs through fabulous Las Vegas as well, and on to Clark Gable. And it is rather fitting that it does. Gable was the young Monroe's favorite actor, and he meant much more to her than that. Here's how Monroe put it during an interview. And Clark Gable, I'm sure he won't mind if I say it, uh, I used to always think of him as my father. I pretended that he was my father. I was just seven years old, and he was a very young man, and um, I thought that's how I wanted my father to look. Monroe used to loiter outside his Hollywood home, hoping to catch a glimpse of him, and she would one day get to share the screen with her hero in a film about Nevada divorce. That's right, The Misfits, in which Monroe plays a washed-up starlet, and Clark Gable plays, yep, a Reno cowboy. Here's one of their scenes together. I think you're the saddest girl I ever met. The first man ever said that. I'm usually told how happy I am. That's because you make a man feel happy. I don't feel that way about you, Kay. Well, don't get discouraged, girl. You might. In real life... Clark Gable was just as persistent when it came to his pursuit of women. Next episode, we continue our thread with Clark Gable, the man whose divorce helped launch Las Vegas. His marriage to Rhea Langham was just one of many obligations the movie star would abandon or avoid in his rise to the top of Hollywood. And it is with this thought that we say farewell to romantic Nevada. The Thread is produced by Libby Coleman and me, Sean Braswell. Chris Hoff engineered our show. Special thanks to Cindy Carpian, Tracy Moran, and James Watkins. This episode features music by Riders in the Sky with a song called Nevada. Check us out at Aussie.com or on Twitter and Facebook. If you love surprising, engaging stories from history, look no further than the flashback section of Aussie.com. That's O-Z-Y.com. Why Nevada, Nevada. ranches and ghost towns, Nevada. Nevada, mountains with snow crowns, rodeos and railroads, wild rugged land, deep night sky with stars like silver sand, Nevada. Nevada. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. 
Exclusions apply. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that! Shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.